Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your Cape Reserve Code, and we're keeping it geekly with our returning guests, Tommy Kulik and Tyler Volano. Volano Marin. See, I, I, I cannot hit that. Uh, thank you for coming in clutch with that. We're here to break down Oswald and the Star Chaser issue two and everything in between. And coming in hot off the debut issue, you know, how are you guys uh, feeling? Uh, you know, how have you guys been since you last been on the show? I'm good. How are you feeling, Tommy? Huh? <laughs> you know, I'm feeling good. Uh, it's still, you know, writing that high of comics out. Uh, not all the way feeling real yet, but still trying to get there. Yeah, I am feeling fantastic. Um, just personally, um, the comic, I don't know if anyone um, has read it or cares about it. I, I'm, in, my, in my mind, I got, I'm you know, hoping and I'm, I'm just assuming that everyone likes it. So, because we haven't really heard, but everyone read it, everyone likes it. Yeah, I had the chance to read uh, both. I, I mean, I, I had a blast. I thought it was an out-of-this-world experience. I'm going to use that uh, once again this time. Uh, last time we had you on was interview 277. This time is 370. So almost seven away wow. from 100 interviews. In between, um, for anyone tuning in for the first time, let's go ahead and start with the basics uh, again. So how did you two end up uh, meeting? I, I love your guys' introduction story. It's awesome. Um, Tommy, why don't you go ahead and take the wheel? That was a long time ago. Uh, I think it was uh, in Final Fantasy fourteen in MMO. Uh, I think Tyler was doing graphic design at the time. Uh, I showed him some comic books. I was always showing people comics that I was reading. Uh, Hawkeye Fraction, I believe that was what sold him on the medium. And then I mentioned, oh, I want to do comic books. And then eventually I pitched him Oswald and Star Chaser. I, I pitched as a you know space fantasy fairy tale uh young knight and a cool guy in a space helmet and that was that was all we needed yeah adventure bros in space that's pretty yeah. much how you like wrote it <laughs> so tyler what was i mean your initial reaction when you first got a hold of this so you're not only the uh, co-writer co-creator but also the letterer on this as well if i'm not mistaken that's true <laughs> i am um my take on all this yeah no, uh, we conceived the series and he pitched it to me when, yeah, a long time ago when I was in my early 20s, you know, 23, 22. I was young. <laughs> I was a young boy. I'm still young. I'm still very young. I'm only 27. Just kidding. I'm 30. I'm turning 31. Oh, really? Hey, I, I, well, happy birthday if that's close. I, I'm 33 turning 34 and it's all downhill from here. You're, the, the back goes out, the knees start to go out and yeah. <laughs> um, I'm feeling great. But no, yeah, and yeah, I forget. The scout reached out to us to do these like written interviews, and I like went over this whole thing there, and now I can't remember. But essentially, yeah, um, Tommy was my friend, and I said yes because I like my friends. I don't know. <laughs> it sounded it sounded cool because we we both like Star Wars. We both were into the same kind of stuff, and making my own thing because at the time I think I wanted to write like picture books or something, and. Like comic books are even cooler, so I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And seven years later, here we are. <laughs> it doesn't take that long for everyone, but it might for you. Hey, however long it takes, it takes. You can't, you know, you can't rush perfection, right? <laughs> so I, one thing I love so much about this is each and every character feels so fleshed out and different. Uh, in sci-fi, I often find that you know a lot of the background characters tend to like just blend into you know, the environment where these characters really stand out. And from our last interview, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of these names come from like errors or spelling mistakes that, you know, Tyler, you kind of like point out and, and like, like, who's this? Like, give me a little bit more on this. Like, give us a little bit of that process. Cause it, it, it's worked out perfect. We, we see a lot of awesome characters that are fleshed out in this world. Yeah, I think improvisation is a tool that's not used enough, whatever word for that. And, and underused, an underused tool. Um, and it can be a little daunting, you know, just having to improv things. But at least at least for me, like as, as when I write stuff, um, my worst writing comes from overthinking. <laughs> overthinking and yeah. just like, it just gets so bad that like, sometimes I just have to like ask a project, like, yeah, I've thought about this for too long. But yeah, I would, I would, I would prompt Tommy, like, 
because we're, we're fast typers. We, we always talk to each other on Discord. Now I'm taking mix of spots by mistake. New character. Boom. Let's talk about it. It's a, a two-step process or maybe a three-step. We're all... It's generally me typoing something because early on, a lot of our talking was when I'm walking or doing something and I'm on my phone, I'm not going to you know, spell correctly on my phone. Mm-hmm. So some word, and they'll point the word and be like, hey, what's the, what, what the character is this? And then I'll come up with the character. And then eventually it got to the point where I was getting so done with this. <laughs> like, like more and more absurd. And I'm like, okay, cool. Put it in the book. And you're like, okay. Tyler would be like, what, what's this alien language? Give me the, give me the backstory on this. <laughs> Make have- something from nothing. And uh, yeah, at this point, you know, years later, we can spell a lot better and a lot more thought goes into it, but I always enjoy that. Absolutely. We have our good friend, uh, Captain B-Dub joining us over on Twitch saying, we geekly, thank you for joining us. I appreciate that. For everyone watching, you have the opportunity to get issue one right now from Scout Comics. Issue two will be dropping later this month. Let me go ahead and drop this link. If you guys can buy issue one, we would love to see that. But simply putting this wherever you can is is 100% free. Word of mouth is always the best tool in getting advertisement and and just promotion out there. So, man, one thing in particular about issue one was Oswald and the Star Chaser. Give us a little bit about these two characters. I love this dynamic duo a ton. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a little bit of some of the inspiration behind these two? Oh, yeah, and just um, kind of you dropped that link and trailing off um, what you just said is that um yeah th- th- to everyone watching this is actually our first our, our, our like debut like number one in the comic industry so supporting us right now is like really appreciated and just really cool of you to do because like eventually we'll be on we'll be on um interview 700 you know and, and it'll be like our fifth series but this is, this is the first one this is the ground floor so appreciate you um yeah Oswald and Star Chaser. They're a what? I don't know. I forgot all about them. They're a wacky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give this one to Tommy. He's he, because he he did the con and he's gonna talk about them. A con he recently did. He's really nailed that uh, the elevator pitch. So I want to hear it. Who's Oswald and Star Chaser, Tommy? Uh, there's a, a lot of inspiration for the two different characters. I think Oswald. I didn't do this on purpose, but one of my friends described him as a, a combination of Hank and Dean Venture from the Venture Brothers. Okay. So I think I did that on accident. But he's <laughs> kind of like a really young, goofy space knight, and I didn't want. Uh, it's kind of like Luke Skywalker before he becomes, you know, Luke in Return of the Jedi, where he's just kind of a goofy guy, more mm-hmm. lighthearted. I think I played a, a lot more silly than you know Luke is. Because uh, he's just a kid. And then Star Chaser is kind of, you know, every cool space space person you see in every show. The mysterious, aloof badass. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit of a mystery there. And then and then she looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> so they, got, they, got, they got a distinct silhouette. You, you see Oswald, you see Star Chaser. Like, oh, okay. You know exactly what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, then we did. Who's that? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, and then I know Tyler wanted a lot of Samus from Metroid, mm-hmm. Challenge the Star Chaser, right? so we tried to do a little bit of that. Yeah. In the beginning, when we were showing um, Star Chaser to people, naturally, everyone thought it was a robot. <laughs> Oswald and a robot, and it's like, no, actually, it's a, it's, a, it's a woman in a suit, in a big power suit, which, yeah, so obviously that was big Metroid. I'm the biggest Metroid fan. Well, not the biggest, but you know, it, it tracks. No, oh, that's awesome. How'd you feel about the the latest Metroid game? That was dread. Yeah, uh, did you like it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished it. It was great. It was great. Um, it, it's not even two point five D anymore. It's like three D, but like like side scrolling still. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it because I always I played you know Fusion um, Zero Mission you know, all the way back. 
Oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check it out. It looked like a game that was right up my alleyway. I know we were all talking backstage about uh, the new Zelda coming out, too. All these new games are just dropping left and right. Uh, a lot of remakes, too. Uh, did you guys get a chance to play the, the Dead Space remake? Not yet, but I like Dead Space. And I... It was brutal. Eventually, I really played Dead Space. I did play the Metroid Dread, and I have got to get back to Prime Remaster. Those are both really good. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But let's get back to what we're here to talk about, and that's Oswald and the Star Chaser. So back to Star Chaser. Uh, Tyler, I really love the lettering uh, with Star Chaser, how like it's orange, and it feels like, a little bit more robotic, like it would come from a power suit. You know, uh, Is this your first time diving into lettering as, as a, you know, a letterer in, in the industry, or have you had experience before? No. <laughs> wow. This is, yeah, this is some awesome work. I mean, what went into learning like how to letter? Um, I'll show you, I'll show you exactly what actually <laughs> went into it. There's been like two major lettering books. Where the hell is the other one? Oh, all right. You're going to see me reach over again. This one, the deep cut for all my lettering fanatics out there. Like for a long time, this was the only book that was out. So <laughs> you can see all my tabs. <laughs> um, and I, it's the, the com, comic craft guide to lettering. Um, I remember I used this when we had, when they picked up Star Chaser and like, like when we were lettering the pitch and everything. And since then, um, Blambot, my beloved, um, Nick Piecos, this is probably the best book ever. If you like want just a comprehensive deep dive into lettering and just like everything that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also been a graphic designer since college, you know, 11, <laughs> 10 years. Um, yeah, passage of time is crazy. So you had a little little experience going into it, but I'm, I mean, lettering in itself is a whole different art form within comics, and it's really underappreciated, I feel. So I, I wanted to take a moment to really acknowledge it, because I think you hit it out the, the park on your first book, man, and your second one. The uh, Star Chaser lettering, uh, it is pretty incredible. I don't want to... Shout out because it's, I don't know if you can notice it, but it's like two fonts overlaying mm -hmm. each other. What he does is really neat. Yeah. Um, I actually got my lettering portfolio portfolio site live. Um, Villanomarin.com. Just literally my, the, my, you know, the, the two last names.com. And, uh, you know, I put some, um, some samples like of the, and a, like a, a zoom in detail of the Star Chaser um, dialogue balloon and text so you can kind of see the up close. And yeah, but yeah, Star Chaser lettering was like a trial by fire for sure. Like not just her, but like, you know, the the, the whole at first. And since mm -hmm. then, um, I've lettered um, another book or two. I'm on Scout Comics. Uh, Michael Sanchez, really great, amazing guy, has um, Patty and Laz coming out. Um, the ash cans on the, on the scout site but i'm honored that i'm doing lettering for his his series and congratulations yeah. that's awesome thank you and i just finished the first issue of the book and yeah like just just with every lettering project you do you, you hone the lettering there's a sixth lettering sense that has to do with like the space between like the the gutter between the the text and like the that the balloon stroke and just like the eye line there's just all these little things that you can read about but it really takes experience to have it come naturally mm -hmm. so if you're like a new letterer uh don't fret you know i mean and Practice, I, I experience probably would be key in this, and it just looked like you had so much. I, I love it. Uh, each each and every single word bubble just looked like it was done by a pro. So awesome job on that, Tyler. Tommy, though, uh, I'm curious. You know, when Tyler, uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, when he would point out these errors and be like, you know, give me more about that. What went into the process of fleshing out some of these characters uh, with the unique names? Um. So I guess it's a. So we kind of do a back and forth when we're writing this, where uh, we have the, the idea phase. And a lot of these characters were characters we kind of pitched to each other, and it's goofy little characters. And then we made like a, a long list of 
these different characters and then so then we would brainstorm like what the issues would look like like the general mm -hmm. story beats and then i would kind of outline those story beats out and then i would think oh is there a character i could fit in here and i looked at the list of characters oh yeah there's uh you know the moyorello the, the cheese guy <laughs> so i just kind of seeing what we can take and then adapting that and then a lot of times it's just like i need a character uh, something goofy and then when, when when you got a character that's fun to write uh it's easy to kind of just flesh them out or it's not even like here's their backstory you just you're able to write them and it, it feels more real like i can't tell you the you know life story of the delfish duo but i enjoy writing them so they feel more fleshed out just because you can get the, like that personality easy to nail down mm -hmm. if, you give, if you give me five minutes i can create the life story of delfish duo I, I love how every time uh, they, they leave their, their calling cards. That, that's like, it, dude, it is so humorous. I, I love it so much. Um, and uh, speaking of the second issue, we see them again, and I love their appearance just as much. Uh, th those two are just, for, for anyone listening, can you give us a little bit about the Devilfish duo? Uh, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and take the wheel on this one? Yeah, so they are our comic relief, but eventually they're going to you know kind of come into their own. Um, that there are two thieves. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So the two thieves who wear like branded, like a luchador kind of um, <laughs> getups, and the and they're called the Delfish Duo, I think, because the, the their masks, which kind of look like superhero masks, um, that that kind of go over the head like the luchador look like um are based off of the, the actual um, real life devilfish and a manta ray i think for the other one their names are jackson and praxton and <laughs> well, their names are jackson prax but they call it they call each other by their full names jackson and praxton because only one of the devilfish um can lay claim to the coveted um, double X, so jacks with two X's or Prax with two X's, and neither one wants to give the other one the the benefit of the double X, and just that, that alone kind of spells out their entire characters. I but, love that so much. <laughs> as far as um, influence goes, I would say they're like on Tommy's side. He kind of came in with the the two main henchmen from uh, Venture Bros. Like now that I'm watching it, finally. Um, I feel like I can see a lot of them. And I think I can come in with some Undertale, like um, very at the beginning with um, Sans and um, Papyrus, like they're kind of, they're goofy, um, kind of back and forth kind of kind of deal. <laughs> and through them, made these characters, I love writing them. They're the, really fun to write and letter. Wasn't yeah, there a, a series about them before? It was a what? short, like, 12-page little webcomic that we yeah. put out. Uh, so I was kind of, I think we were a little stuck on getting Album Star Chaser because it was such a huge undertaking. And I had written in the Doublefish Duo in issue one. And I was like, man, I want to do something short and quick. And so then we put <laughs> the 12-page uh, the, the little webcomic. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, and right now I'm actually, because we had put that out, I think I lettered it in like 2018, and we put it out in 2019 onto like Tumblr, and I think it's still there, but, and like right now, because I'm, I'm like kind of between lettering jobs, please hire me, I'm actually remastering, you know, remastering kind of all the lettering, and, you know, we're going to put it on our uh, sub stack, we okay. got this uh, the, the Spaceways newsletter, and, and we're gonna kind of re release which each with each one we're gonna put um a couple pages of it, and then eventually it'll all be on well global comics or webtoons or something. That's really cool though. I really like the idea of releasing a couple pages on like Substack with uh, what was the name of the newsletter again? That was so catchy. Spaceways. I love it. That is awesome. That's almost like a radio station name. Let's see. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the, the little highway they ride in issue one. Oh, that's so cool. That is perfect. Yeah, uh, it's the full uh, stars moment. So, know, my, uh, I, I, go I, ahead. Sorry, Cody. I, I put it in our little backstage link here. 
Um, it, it's a complete, completely free newsletter. It'll always be free. And it's just to, to keep up with um, Tommy and I, kind of everything we do, kind of Star Chaser and otherwise. And, and uh, we give, you know, updates, but also um, advice for aspiring comic creators, you know, people trying to break into the biz, you know, and also these little free pages. So. And then right there is the link uh, for everyone uh, to check out. So it's free to check out. Go there. Uh, they're going to be dropping pages of the remaster page uh, comic that uh, Tyler's working on. So be sure to check that out, too, every couple of pages. Uh, very excited, too. Thank you for dropping that. Now, back to issue two. I had the chance to read this, and it is so gorgeous. Who's uh, the, the creative team involved? Can we get a, give a shout-out to the artist? Yeah, so uh, the main artist is Tom Hoskison. I kind of ask him how to pronounce that last name. I think that's right. Uh, he's in Australia. He's a great artist. He did the art for issue one as well. Uh, really helps, you know, give life to the the comic. Uh, the first few pages are colored by Simon Robbins from mm -hmm. issue one. And then I think starting with page four and on, uh, Rebecca Good takes over for the colors. And then she's yeah. also incredible. Uh, she colored a Pulitzer Prize winning comic for a new scratch. Look up the name. I'm kind of drawing a blank on that. But yeah, uh, her colors are, are great. Um, yeah, and she, she, is, she is now our permanent um, series yeah. colorist because you know, we love Simon Robbins. You know, we hope he flourishes in his career. He's already got a lot behind him, but you know, he had to depart from the project and um, he, he actually recommended Rebecca and she's just been amazing. She's colored through um, issue six which is you know all done it's in scout's hands but excited for everyone to see wow impressive you guys have that many issues already out and, and, and ready to go yeah and if you uh look at her her twitter and her tiktok she's got a few of the later pages and you can see the black and white versus her colors and they are incredible yeah she just peaks too that's process. awesome yeah. she has like a process of coloring or something yeah some of the colors for issue Four and five are probably my favorite of the book. They are just simply beautiful. I oh, yeah. loved the beginning of this when you have Oswald and Star Chaser aboard the ship and just how detailed it is. Like it's filled with screens left and right. It's so colorful. It's so gorgeous. I mean, what did your guys' direction look like when you scripted it out compared to when the artist, you know, took a hold of it? Uh, so if you ever look at a Alan Moore script, he will give you an entire page for a single panel. And I don't do that. <laughs> I, I don't do that. Uh, I would say like, oh, there's a bunch of screens. I can like, kind of give the vibe and then I leave it to Tom. And he's a master of just including these little details. Uh, he's so smart on including these background stuff. I really love to uh, when they first hit the the landing station, just how filled out this world is and, and lived in and how Oswald thought this was the axis and Star Chaser's like, no, you fool. This is just a landing station. Uh, and then the merchants were some of my favorite too. Tyler, can you give us a little bit about some of these merchants? They're just so bombastic. I love them. Oh, yes, I can. I can tell you all about Selina Natim, who is the... <laughs> who is the um, the very first side character to appear in um, issue two on Axis. And he was absolutely inspired by all the vendors and video games from over the years, like um, the, the one in um, in Toad Town in um, Paper Mario 64, you know, who's always got his little shop that rolls out, the, the, the rug rolls out, and he's, he's, he's um, this character sold like badges to Mario, um, but he's always got like a rotating stock. And also the for anyone who played Undertale, the um I'm not looking at my camera. Yeah, so anyone who played Undertale, I'm looking at you. The um ice cream vendor from um who, who appears in pretty much every single like kind of locale that you that you go to in um Undertale, like this this character reappears and you can buy ice cream from him. And <laughs> so just uh, all that culminated into this this character selling that team who will be um, important uh, later on. Actually, no, no I'm, I'm totally bullshitting. But <laughs> I, I'm, right now, Tommy and I are actually um, finalizing volume two, like the volume two beats. And just last night, I, I was like, all right, Tommy, yeah, this is all looking great. It's fantastic. But we have to include selling on team. 
and um, issue eight at this this new locale. I'm not gonna spoil it, but this new very exotic um, place that Star Chaser and Oswald go to. He's gonna be there. With, oh, with traveling his, uh, vendor vibes. Let's go. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, in in three words instead of instead of uh, two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome i in particular too there there was that moment where oswald's wearing like the goggles and that sound effect bubble yeah. that pops up behind him which is so visually striking i love it man it was was that you tyler or was that the artist oh was that was that like the the, the kind yeah, of pixelated yeah. like yes the, yes yes no that was me and for, <laughs> for how early it was in my lettering career that was like a grace from god i guess because gorgeous it, it just, it looks glitched out too. It was like perfect. Yeah. No, that is so awesome. So, uh, Tommy, what you know on your end of things? What went into your side of things when creating this fleshed out like intro to uh, the Axis? Uh, so, um, Axis is kind of, uh, I think, a lot of the stuff that we kind of riffed on with each other. A lot of that was Axis centered. So when it came time to uh, right axis it was pretty easy where we already had like a lot of characters that we could just slot in there and then I think a lot of it was just kind of pulling from you know me hanging around Chicago downtown Chicago and like oh yo there's always like little little weird things going on <laughs> um, I know one thing that I really like appreciated with uh, Tom is I gave a bunch of different uh, signs. So be like, oh, there's a bunch of buildings with different signs saying stuff like this. And then one of them I put in as a joke was a uh, syntho meat base. And he made that the biggest sign. <laughs> it was just so funny. We're like, there's no way that we're going to request any kind of redraw. This is just so funny. It's the biggest one. Oh, I love that. And then we have uh, the Euporium too, which was literally a hole in the wall. Um, oh, I yeah. Thought that... <laughs> yeah, that was, that was uh, on my hair a little Oh, it's a real hole in the wall, and then yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that was so visually striking was uh, the uh, sky map. Uh, when they're looking up, because uh, where they're at has no day and night cycle. It's just like a party. Like it's it's just nightlife twenty four seven. I mean, holy crap! This city is just so gorgeous. Tyler, can you give me a little bit about what to expect in this city? I mean, for anyone who's looking to dive into the series, you know, what can they expect when die when they get to the access point? <laughs> we're not at, we're not at its axis yet oh man i loved just oswald being just blown away by this new city because it, it's really the first city he's ever been to and i think um that part at least um and the sky map as well was a lot taken from me i'm in my early 20s having moved to new york city um manhattan queens you know from Connecticut, where I grew up. So it was, and you know, being in Times Square, where it's literally lit up 24 seven, like, you know, the blaring white lights and ads. Um, I think that that inspired the the synthetic sky map, which we see on page 12 or 14 or so it's ingrained in my mind because I letter it. I got a file for every <laughs> for every page. And just Oswald's wonder is was kind of me just finally being able to explore this this city but um and also at the end of issue two um you know getting after the end of issue two getting getting ahead of myself but at the end we, we include some behind the scenes and I, I talk about it there in depth so i'll just name drop it a little bit right now and you can see it at the end of in the bonus spread in issue two but a lot of access in addition to and Tommy and my personal experiences in our cities that we were in in our at the time we were writing, which was kind of our, our mid twenties, was um, Alan Palomo is a musician and really cool. He he makes music under the name Neon Indian. He's, he's pretty well known in the indie scene, and he does some solo stuff too. And he. <laughs> Tommy knows he, he um, both of us really enjoy his um, his album from 2015 called uh, Vega until so Vega International uh, Night School and if, if you haven't listened to it you really should it's a it's a it's a vibe 
-hmm. and kind of uh, the I forget what what city he uh, it might might have been LA but like the a lot of those vibes like kind of a kind of a CD 80s kind of thing but so his his music and the visuals from that album definitely inspired Axis as well and just all that together is uh, what to expect I just want Tommy for like one minute to talk about the giant walking eye. <laughs> Where did that come from? That's not one of my characters. That was a, uh, that's a Diflon, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, he is the uh, Diflon's before him. The, I know there's a giant walking eye in Venture. I think that might have been a joke off of that, but I really want a character who is just kind of a, a big eye. I think the original. Way I wrote it, it was like it was a, a big eye with little arms and yeah, like yeah. Hung, hung off of them. Uh, I think Tom drew him like in a little jumpsuit. I think the design is great. <laughs> I mean, like it's like this big eye is kind of climbing around the, the hole in the wall. He has to keep like a bottle spray of uh clear eyes on him in case he starts drying out. <laughs> there's, there's some yeah. uh, more fun characters in uh later on in issues too. I think there's the uh the robot bartender who's just a big screen that hangs around the, the, the little bar they go to mm -hmm. i don't even know what his name i don't even remember what his name is at this point because it was andrew andrew was his first name and then which which of that name was was not one of our improvisations that was actually i was um doing graphic design at midtown comics at the time and the um shout out to our marketing guy i had a crush on him too his name is um, Andrew um, something. I can't believe I forgot his last name. But Andrew was like the so great at marketing. And so I'm, I'm like, you know, to, to Tommy while we're writing this, which this was 2017, mm -hmm. 2016, I think. Um, you know, let's have like a, this was, we had no idea about Axis, but I'm like, a marketing robot would be funny, like a, a robot who's like, who's like, like, like a marketer. So that's how his name became the Andrew, became Androchron. And then by the time we got to 2019, Tom's drawing it, 2020. And <laughs> he did the, the sign at the top said uh, Androchron, because in our script, we, uh, I mean, Tommy or me misspelled it. We misspelled the character name. <laughs> And so his name is Andrew Korn, and it's just really, um, I like his name a lot. It's That's all, does he know he's in the book? He doesn't. Um, <laughs> he reaches out, you know, we can, we can grab some coffee. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome though. That is awesome. Another interesting character, you know, not to spoil too much though. Um, Oswald search to find a hero. I, I love it. And then they find one in particular who is retired. Uh, and just like his backstory was phenomenal. Tommy, what went into designing the next hero that Oswald's looking for? We can name drop him. We can tease him. We won't say the whole spoiler, but yeah, let's talk about Johnny Tusek. Tell me about him, Tommy. Uh, yeah, so he is a old star racer. Uh, I had a lot of different ideas on what that meant, but I knew I wanted Johnny Tusek colon star racer because that's not like <laughs> a cool thing it's a cool name and i was trying to figure out okay what is what is, what is the two seconds mean how, how can that fit for a racer and i think it popped in my head and it was kind of like a, a bit in the category it was like oh i won my race by two seconds and i was like that's not that special so no i won every race by two seconds <laughs> and so that's that kind of like that same trend where Every character's kind of just a little goofy. Things are a little silly. Mm -hmm. but it's played totally straight. So yeah, he wins every race by two seconds. But like a style thing where he does it. <laughs> how good he is. Because he can get it down to exactly like two seconds. Well, that is awesome. And his character design is just as great as well. I love it. Uh, I can't wait for this series to drop. We have issue two dropping later this month, guys. Right here is the link to check it out at uh, Scout Comics. Let me get this copied one more time. Now, can you tell us the importance of people pre-ordering this comic at their local comic book shop for, you know, for your guys' debut issue one and issue two? You know, uh, give us a little bit about why it's important. Uh, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and take the wheel on this one? Why is it important to pre-order comics at your local comic book shop? Well, I'm here to tell you why. 
because <laughs> one, it supports the the LCS, which is cool. Like buying it digital is also awesome, but that's kind of the, the the brick and mortar. Like my comic book shop, the one I I'm a regular at. I, I got my my pull list at is uh, We Love Comics in Tampa. Shout out to to Tim there. Um, runs a great comic shop, and if you watching have your own LCS, um, it's great to s support them and kind of pre-ordering it guarantees them a little um, a little profit as well as the creators. Um, and I guess eventually the the kind of pre-order numbers go into like maybe your publisher sees it. Um, Scott hasn't really reached out to us about that, but I assume that they're seeing these pre-order numbers. Um, mm -hmm. So the more they see, kind of the more they'll um, retweet our stuff or something. <laughs> but just supporting us in any way is as new creators who broke in and have to stay, kind of stay in now, mm -hmm. staying in comics. Um, just really appreciate it to, to everyone. And guys, it's always 100% free just to even retweet the link. Just to even put the link wherever you can is 100% free. So you don't have to spend a dollar, but we would love to see you buy, buy and pick up issue one. It is a phenomenal read. I had the chance to read it and I loved it myself. Tommy, did you have anything you wanted to say as well? Uh, yeah, that's like you said, uh, it's important just to order it ahead of time just so you can show that there's interest in the comic and then you're you know building a relationship with your local comic store. I always... Uh, promote you know going in your comic book store and seeing what's there seeing what they got and then you can say hey i like this comic you got anything else like that and then they can get you more comics to read no oh, yeah yeah something i just remember is that um we're our publisher is scout comics and they're not you know we're not on the level of dark horse or image yet so a lot of comic book shops don't order the scout comics by default you know they don't order every single one like they do for image so, um, you know, pre-ordering is a way to, one, express interest, but two, ensure that they have a copy there for you because some, you know, don't, it's kind of a smaller, small, mid, mid, small publisher. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Tommy, backstage, you were talking about attending some cons uh, later this uh, month or this year. Can you tell us about, you know, where we could expect to find you? Uh, yes. Yeah, so in the end of June, June 30th, I'm going to be at the Capital City Con in Lansing, Michigan. Um, in the fall, there is a convention in, I want to say Springfield, Illinois, I want to try and go to. I have to reach out to Scout and see what we can do there. Uh, yeah, Capital City, I'm really excited for. It's a, it looks like a pretty big convention. I'll be tabling there with a, another Scout creator. We'll be representing Scout, the publisher as a whole, but I'll still have my own book there. I was on the Star Chaser issue one and two. Uh, maybe three by then. I yeah, I would have three by then. That's awesome. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then last month I was in Iowa for Quad City Con in Davenport. That was a lot of fun. Traveling all over too. That is yeah. awesome. You guys are getting this book all across the states. Yeah. Congratulations. That that is phenomenal. What's next for you guys in 2023? You know what else can we expect from you guys? Uh, so right now. Uh, we're still working on Oswald Volume 2. Uh, and then we also have a few other things in the background. I'm working on outlining a fantasy comic to crowdfund. I want to start doing some Kickstarter stuff. Uh, don't know how much of that I can talk about, but I know it's the vibe is Ocean's Eleven, Dungeons and Dragons, Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. all you know, mishmash together. So. Wizards oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Tyler, what, Tyler, what about you, though? You uh, mentioned that you might be uh, working on another project as well. That's one of them. Yeah. Oh, that's one of them? Okay. Tommy and I are keeping our Tommy and Tyler TNT. <laughs> pretty much going to be like that forever. We're a package deal. A, a musical duo. Um, a, a duo act. Uh, yeah, I love so, that, though. TNT explosive, right? Like, boom. <laughs> yeah, well, we're still deciding what our comic book label is going to be called. But, yes, we're, we're going to put all our stuff. But, yeah, we, we got that in the works. I'll be um, kind of the, the same capacity as Star Chaser. And it, in kind of all the, the TNT kind of stuff um, between Tommy and I, 
someone will take kind of kind of lead on a project and they're kind of the lead the director the the script writer i think in terms and i think in movie terms honestly because you know writer and co-writer is it, it's a bit um reductive i think just um you know on a comics page like so so like for this one which is project codename enigma you know it'll probably it might change in the future but mm -hmm. which is the dnd oceans 11 one uh, tommy is kind of the director here and i'm um co-writing and lettering this one so same as star chaser you know time was the director of star chaser like, like lead lead script kind of thing and i, I co-write and do dialogue some some dialogue as well but then you know so we're, we're working on we're working on a couple things so so there's another there's another in, in the works and the tnt works called um death walk and that one I'm kind of the the lead on you know, the director, and Tommy's helping to, to co-write it. And we got a Stefano Cardicelli for that one on the art. And so we're working on that pitch, and we'll see where if that'll be a crowdfund or pitch to you know some of these um, indie publishers. But yeah, so we're definitely keep, keeping on top of the career going forward, which is kind of one of my definitely an initiative that's been in my head like not just sitting on star chaser and seeing how it does like being productive i think is important to mm -hmm. staying in the industry after you break in absolutely absolutely so we've come to one of my favorite parts of the show uh where we get to end on some awesome pieces of advice so i know uh in the calendar link you guys wanted to make sure we talked about tips for aspiring creators i think this is like the perfect opportunity so uh, tyler tommy for anyone looking to break into the industry with their first issue what would be some of your advice to kind of help them you know make sure that's a successful uh, introductory for them you know the, the way to make it just hit the hardest for them yeah, we, we can finally offer that now because we, you know, we have our so, first uh, time. Uh, Tyler, Tommy, uh, let's go go ahead. Uh, Tommy, let's start with you since we had uh, Tyler talking last. Uh, I guess making sure you've got a team that you like working with. If if it's something you're enjoying doing and with people you enjoy working with, uh, everything after releasing it is still you know kind of fun, and I think people can see you have the passion for it. Uh, and then my biggest advice I always say is hey, don't be afraid to just rewrite stuff. If you're a writer. I've mm -hmm. had to rewrite things a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have a lot of that uh, technical technical writer advice. You're, you're, you're a pro writer, Tommy. <laughs> we we're still deciding in our like in our discord where we're it's just me and him we got this this little server where we talk we're still deciding if we're pros or not i think we're pros i mean we're not pro pros but you know we're we're, we're definitely getting there I would say you guys are pros i mean you your first book got picked up by a publisher you know I, I would like to see the percentage of people's first work getting out there getting picked up by a publisher i would almost guess it's probably under 10 percent, if not under five it's a pretty big accomplishment, in my opinion, at least. I'm not a comic creator, but from someone who's interviewed like 370 people, like I would tell you the percentage of those who've had their first debut issue get picked up is probably slim as well. Like I would say you guys are pro, in my opinion. All right, so I, I appreciate that, first off. So I think then one piece of advice to follow up with that is to um, have self-confidence, like, like try to bolster that self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> At, at all sorts of um because Tommy and I we used to go to C2E2 I would fly in and we attended the had, had like a whole list of all the, all the panels we were doing and uh, breaking into comics panels was definitely important and it helped us a lot but in that in a lot of the, the breaking into comics panels the audience you know Q&A will bring up the imposter syndrome and I think that is mm -hmm. it's 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 all in your head I mean, I guess once you're um, once you're published, you're a pro. But speaking of at now as myself, I think it's also important to keep that um, professional kind of quality um, present in your mind, kind of everywhere. Like you might have gotten like a your first comic published, but that doesn't mean you're like hot shit and can start like 
making lots of like <laughs> political hot takes on Twitter, but like mm -hmm. and not maybe. I, yeah, the, 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 the entire notes. This is the whole thing for me. Like I, I'm very staunch in freedom of speech, but, but as well, I think that there's like just because you're you're like published like putting out there a lot of like kind of st stuff that might be a little controversial might not be super great for your career. Like I think that everyone yeah. should be able to do what they say, but as well, um, keep it professional to a degree. I think it's important to kind of put on a good, um, what do you like to, what am I looking for timing? Like to, to be, a, be a kind of professional role model. So sort of yeah. like, like you have a fur. Yeah, because there are people who are professional and kind of do a lot of that, a lot of that controversial stuff. And just because you got published doesn't mean you should start doing that. Well, it doesn't um, mean you're uncancelable too, right? Like you have a whole brand image to, to maintain. So, I mean, just because you hit hot doesn't mean that water can't douse that flame. Yeah, it's really the opposite. I mean, they, you have to stay very, um, and this is something that I, I learned, you know, after being published. And then kind of to where I am now after um, a couple of years is I'm keeping a sting kind of kind of dignified and it is very important because you can get very into that. Oh, now I'm a published um, writer persona and I'm like, <laughs> I can do whatever I want and no one actually cares. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should, you should don't do anything like my, my personal advice is don't do anything that like could alienate anyone from either side of the street i think it's important to curate a um accessible brand as a creative just for for, for anyone because if you decide to um, like alienate half the people in the United States, I don't know, you know, just, just be, either you, you, you like say you don't like dogs or something, <laughs> like, you, you're animate about not liking dogs. Well, everyone who does like dogs, like will kind of take offense to that. So it's like, you can kind of have to weigh it and kind of stay, stay grounded. Stay yeah, around. Yeah. Mama Geekly coming in saying, got to stay humble. I think that fits perfect as well. And then she wishes you both uh, best of luck as well. Thank you for stopping in, Mama. Always, uh, always a pleasure to see you. So, guys, real quick, before we end things, I always love uh, ending it on a super strong note. And that's what you're consuming outside of creating. So, video games, comic books, books, movies, TV series. What are you guys consuming? Well, I like this one. You can go first. Uh, I just went and saw Return of the Jedi in theaters. Okay, yeah anniversary that was still holds up <laughs> i didn't don't think i did say that it was a great movie mm -hmm. uh, shincon riders coming out at the end of the month I'm looking forward to that so i get my ticket for it <laughs> um star wars visions just dropped i'm gonna be watching that at some I point heard it was really good i uh, yeah it looked good so i gotta but yeah i'm watching that uh zelda's next week uh new book from stephen brist i just got that so Finally getting to read it. it. Came five days late, so I'm looking forward to finishing that up. So a lot, a lot of reading. I got a giant stack, stack of comics as well. Mm -hmm. Dude, you, you didn't tell me the new Star Wars Visions is out. I rely on you for only Star Wars. Day. <laughs> Star Wars Day. I didn't know that. that no, all right, then I have to I have to. Hey, we know what Tyler's doing after the interview, right? <laughs> I'm going to freak out every day. I'm eating it. I have to see if Tim texted me. I might hop over to my LCS, but what kind of media? I like this question. Yeah, I kind of show your personal taste. What have I been? Um, yeah, shout out to your mom. Um, checking into the stream, by the way. Um, my parents as well are very big. They're going to watch this interview. They watch all my interviews. They're big supporters. And oh, she'll wear all my merch too. She loves it. Now, yeah, my dad already owns like a Star Chaser poster. Yeah, but you know, that that kind of stuff is just so appreciated, um, as well as watching our interview. But yeah, Elder Shares of the Kingdom next week. I'm like staying off social media, like 
I'm not really being on social media anyway, but like I'm staying off all the like video game boards and image boards because there will be spoilers because it leaked already. So definitely keep keeping low key on Zelda. And then that's going to be my entire weekend. Um, next weekend, just from beginning to end. And then I go to work the next morning in the gym. Uh, what else? I'm almost done with uh, Luana Vecchio's uh, Lovesick um, on Image. I, I enjoyed that one. Um, rereading Morrison Doom Patrol. That's another one that um, Tommy and I, or Tommy had introduced um, Grant Morrison to me you know, in the, the very early days when he was pitching Star Chaser. And that's my favorite series um, ever. Actually, comic book series, if I had to write it, write in an answer. Is uh, Doom, Doom Patrol by Grant Morrison. Um, he, he, he picks up the first run and writes a legendary, very um, thoughtful, intrinsic, psych, not really psychedelic, but uh, a bit as well. Just a, a very interesting take, um, which was kind of my gateway into the kind of alternate indie comics, but it was on Vertigo, but also like the all kinds of superheroes. So I was never a big superhero person. Mm -hmm. And Tommy had he mentioned um, the the fraction aha Hawkeye run, and th that got me into it a lot because it was like all right this is like superheroes but not it, a very fresh interesting take on it that was kind of my indie thing because I come from the indie indie side back then and he's very cape um, of capes but um, yeah I'm looking over here to think about what else um, yeah. I had um, Tommy for like the last seven years was always getting me to watch the Venture Bros, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and because now I can say it's a very good series, but I don't know. And so much that I was like, yeah, all right. Uh, when when Star Chaser gets published, you know, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll marathon it from the day Star Chaser gets published. And he was like, and so so like you know, from from the time we got, um, you know. You know, it, it was from the day our first issue was on shelves. Mm -hmm. Was uh, that was going to happen? And there were delays, and, I, and he's like, "You're not going to watch it." I'm, 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 I'm going to marathon and watch that first episode on the day it gets on shelves. And March eighth was the first day I watched Venture Bros, and I'm on season three now. And it's a extremely well written series. I'm sure he, <laughs> um, you know, just really, really funny. But the, the characters are, uh, just the writing is extremely tight very much like um seinfeld just really tight writing the jokes keep coming which i'm a big fan of that Frasier too but yeah so i'm marathoning through that seven series and tommy's excited that i'm doing that i'm uh, i'm enjoying it anyone should watch the venture brothers i'm seeing a lot of like retroactively like, a lot of tommy's star chase also on star chaser influence in that series you know, which was a cartoon on Adult Swim for anyone under the age of like 16. And <laughs> I think it's going to influence uh, my writing, my co-writing for Star Chaser going forward. Just <laughs> writing Oswald and leaning even more into kind of the, the, the humor and the absurdity, taking ourselves a little less seriously, maybe for volume two, but that will culminate into um, a very fleshed out product. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for swinging by, breaking down issue two and everything in between. Everyone watching, right there is the link to head over to Scout to get issue one. And stay hot on that link. Issue two will be dropping sometime later this month, so you'll get a chance to buy that as well. Thank you guys once again for you know this awesome chat. Everyone watching, I hope you all have a lovely Saturday. But most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.